I've chosen an interesting topic for today's class, which is it's time to take action. And the reason for that is because I listened, I heard just these sort of things pop up on my YouTube feed. Um, I heard a talk by Eckert Toller, so just out of curiosity, who's heard of Eckert Toller in the room, which is almost everybody. Okay, so he is a, he's a spiritual teacher is probably the best way to describe him. And he wrote a very, um, a very popular book, which has sold tens of millions of copies around the world. It's been translated into dozens of languages uh, called The Power of Now. And uh, for those of you that are new to The Power of Now, I'll actually show you what it is because describing it doesn't work for most people. So his book, despite its popularity, I've learned is like Marmite. I, when I first started teaching, I would recommend it. And so 50% of the people that pick it up say, yeah, it's great. The other 50% say, oh, I couldn't get past the second or third chapter. One of the reasons for that is he uses new age speak. And new age speak is obviously anyone can talk about things like spiritual experiences. And so they do. And you've got the same thing with mindfulness, unfortunately. Anyone can talk about mindfulness, and so they do. And what Eckhart Toller was trying to get across, and he did with me, because I just happened to be in a receptive place when I picked up the book in um, 2009, was what he's saying is, it's very important things. And the thing is, is even if you speak, when you speak to people about these, nobody really denies that that's the reality, but we, what, what we tend to do is intellectualize it. We don't take it, take it on board intuitively. So we don't perceive it to be true because our, our schema of the world, our mental model of the world isn't, doesn't allow it. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. It's just, it means that it won't allow it right now. And so the things that he, he taught, and I learned these three things pretty much in the first chapter and they all fell into place. And since then, life has become infinitely simpler. The things I learned were that I'm not my thoughts. You're not your thoughts. To prove that, I'll ask you, what's the next thing you're going to think? And you won't know. Nobody, you know what you're thinking now. You don't know what the next thing you're going to think is. Nobody does. Eight billion of us. Thoughts are spontaneous. They're messages from the subconscious. You're not your thoughts. You're not your emotions. Because there are times when you don't really feel any much emotion, but you're still you. And from time to time, there are no thoughts. You're still you. So you're not your thoughts. You're not your emotions. And the, the other thing, it, it, it sounds interesting, but you have to be able to perceive it to understand it. And the other thing that he says is the present moment's all that there is. Literally, this is it. The past is your memories of the past and the future is your imaginary projection of the future. We all know that we can't rely on our projections of the future. There are certain things that are self-evident. And one of them is that the present moment is all there is, and you can find it with this. Just by noticing the sound of the bell moving through time. We don't normally do that.
And that experience is an introduction to what Eckhart Tolle called presence. That experience of presence is mindfulness. It's being, it's the undistracted awareness of the experience of the present moment. Your mind isn't in the past. If you're listening to the sound of the bell moving through time, your mind isn't in the past and it's not in the future, it's here now. And for almost everybody that hears that, that tries that exercise, or 19 out of 20 people, 19 out of 20 times, obviously if uh, certain things happen, our mind gets in the way of everything and that's natural. But for most of us, for most of the time, when we noticing that musical note moving through time, or when we become aware of the passage of time, such as the ticking of the clock, or noticing time passing, between my words. Then what happens is you're drawn into the present moment. And Eckhart would refer to these as portals to the present moment. So sound, <clears throat> which it doesn't actually talk about very much, nature, and the breath are all portals to the present moment. And in this talk that he gave, what he explained, which is quite correct, is that there are very powerful narratives operating in the world. He mentioned the mainstream media. Obviously, that's how narratives of the very powerful get articulated because it's hugely expensive to get onto the TV or in, onto the radio or into a newspaper. So, you know, you've got to have a, an expensive PR agency to get articles that reflect whichever narrative you happen to want to promote. One of the ways of drawing people into this is with stories. The news, for example, is a collection of stories. They call them news stories. And there are usually three protagonists in these stories, heroes, villains, and victims. And so if you pick up a newspaper, you'd be able to identify those. And this is my perspective of it, the drama triangle of the news media, but it's, like I said, it's one of these things that's self-evident. Don't believe me, pick up a newspaper, read the stories, notice that in them, every, it, uh, to be fair, you know, there are heroes and villains and victims, but notice how that's the foundation of everything. And what he also says, which is totally correct, <clears throat> is that we absorb that, and that's how we start seeing the world. And that's not helpful. And he says that quite correctly, that the solution to it is awareness. So it isn't, don't believe this narrative because it's not true. You should believe this narrative because my expert's bigger than your expert and so on. It's far more useful to be aware of what's happening in you when you're drawn into these narratives, when you feel defensive or avoidant or angry or resentful or compassionate. All of these are natural human emotions, but when they're managed by global PR, there's some somewhere along the line, some benefit for somebody from it. And these are, he, he can see and I can see that these are uh, a saturating our lives and the solution is awareness it's becoming aware that that's happening it's noticing how you feel 
noticing the narrative, noticing the effect it has on you. And that awareness neutralizes the suffering that, that comes from it. Because it's, it's a transfer of suffering. They, they show, show more and more graphic images of people suffering as time goes on. They're passing the suffering of these people onto you. And that's part of the mix that gets you to buy another newspaper, tune in next week, et cetera, et cetera. And to just notice it happening. So I'm not saying it's all truth or all lies or anything. It doesn't really matter. I, I understand the effect that it's having on us and it's not a good one. And the, the solution is awareness. So how do we become aware? So that's what I need to do today is to teach you the practices or the beginning, the foundation of the practices that will help you to become aware of your response to external events and your perception of them and the perception of your peers and the media and social media and the news and government and politics and so on. Here we go with the portal to the present moment again. notice is a continuation of that sound. You'll notice it in the ambient sound, the hubbub of the present moment, all of the sounds that added together make up the sound of the present moment you'll be able to notice it moving through time. And another portal to the present moment that's always with us, that's more effective to connect to than sound for a whole lot of reasons, is the breath. And ideally for newcomers, and for many of us actually, the most frictionless place to be aware of the breath is being aware of the movement of the belly rising and falling. And for that to be as useful to connect with as with the bell, what we want to do is follow the entire progress of the, the breath. So the progress of the breath all the way through the in-breath and the progress of the breath all the way through the out-breath. And for those of you with particularly busy minds, what you can do is you can note the, the rising and falling of the breath. Breathing in, saying in the mind rising, breathing out, saying in the mind falling. Rising, 
all that. And that our awareness is in a smaller part than an entire breath. It's in wherever the breath has got to during its rising and wherever the breath is during its falling. And again, we're noticing the movement of the breath moving through time. So just practice this for the next few minutes. It's about 3,000 years old. It's called following the breath. Whatever thoughts arise, allow them to arise. So this is actually, it's independent of thought. Thought might draw our ascension away into a, a mind-wandering session or a narrative or a part of a narrative. When we notice that, we gently return our attention to the breath. This is a cyclical process. We're noticing the breath, thoughts arise. Our mind wanders. We notice, return to the breath and repeat.
belly rising, belly falling. Move straight into another practice. Uh, this is a basic gratitude practice. Okay. What that does is that helps us to rebuild and reconnect uh, because the world is separating everyone, fragmenting us. We need to reconnect. First, we reconnect with ourselves. And this is a very powerful way of doing that. It's three statements that we repeat in our mind. So we're sitting in the, in the present moment. If you want to check in with your posture, ideally, it's an ideal posture. Feet flat on the floor, elbows by the side. Head balanced comfortably on the spine. While you're aware of the breath or you're aware of the passage of time, you're in the present moment, whether there's continuous thought or not. If there's continuous thought, that thought is also passing through time. So you're noticing that part of the thought that's in the present moment, like we were listening to that part of the sound of the bell that was in the present moment. So here we are noticing the breath and we repeat in our minds, may I be well, may I be happy, May I find peace of mind. May I be well. May I be happy. May I find peace of mind. But first, these are just words. Over time, we find that warm emotions become connected to them and arise in our experience. And then over time, that feeling grows. May I be well. May I be happy. May I find peace of mind. I'll just repeat that for the next few minutes. This is what I call the self-compassion practice.
same as with following the breath narratives arise mind wanders none of that matters we notice we come back we repeat the mantra this is a mantra mantra is words that we say in our mind or we speak out loud or chant or whatever it happens to be language meditation may i be well may i be happy may i find peace of mind So now bring to mind this group of meditators here in Bromley Common and dotted around quite possibly all over the world, could be anywhere right now. And hold us all in mind. And say in your mind, may we be well. May we be happy. May we find peace of mind. We can visualize in our minds this group and visualize in our minds the group all over the place. Or if we can't visualize, we can allow ourselves to sense the awareness of the sense of this group of meditators. And we repeat in our minds, may, may we be well. May we be happy. May we find peace of mind. May we be well. May we be happy. May we find peace of mind. The mind will be chattering, the mind will be drawing our attention away. We'll notice that, we'll return 
will reconnect scattered group of meditators this group here holding them in mind and they repeat may we be well may we be happy may we find peace of mind it's a cycle focus awareness connection loss of awareness thoughts scenarios notice back to awareness back to connection back to the mantra may we be well may we be happy may we find peace of mind Okay, so now we all have the iconic image of the planet Earth. We've all seen that. Earth from space. What we do now is allow our awareness and connection to grow to include all the family of human beings. We are all related. All related through at least one individual 100,000 years ago closer than we think and hold that 8 billion human beings in mind the heroes and the villains and the victims all one family all on this rock spinning through space around a distant sun and say in your mind, may we be well, may we be happy, may we be free from suffering. May we be well, may we be happy, may we be free from suffering. Don't worry if from time to time your mind wanders or your connection collapses. You can gently open up your awareness and allow it to grow and allow it to encompass all of these human beings again. And again, repeat, may we be well. May we be happy. May we be free from suffering. And now we need to extend that group to the global family of all living beings, which we are also all related to. The bacteria, the frogs, the birds, the trees, the grass, the cats, the dogs, all one family. May we be well. 
May we be happy. May we be free from suffering. Gently, 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 let your awareness shrink back to the group of meditators online and in person today. May we be well. May we be happy. May we be free from suffering. Shrink it down further to yourself. May I be well. May I be happy. May I be free from suffering. And now gently, gently, softly bring your awareness to the space between your eyebrows. It's not a tiny little dot, it's a soft area. It includes all of that area, so long as that's comfortable for you. If not, you can do the same thing on your heart But this space, also known as the third eye, has some interesting characteristics. If we leave our attention there, so you're allowing yourself to feel it, whatever sensations there are there. One of the things that it allows us to do is what I call balanced focus. We can become aware of our inner experience and our external experience simultaneously. So we're remaining focused on the space between the eyes. And in the background, all of these internal and external phenomena unfolding there's thoughts, there's emotions, there's comfort and discomfort and the breath, coolness, warmth, tiredness, there's sound, there's the sense of the size of the room, there's balance, there's awareness of the space around you, there's what you can hear and smell. Whatever light there is getting through your eyelids, and staying aware of the space between the eyebrows. We can become aware of it all in the background, the hubbub of the present moment, gently moving through time. All you're doing is noticing the space between the eyes. And so that awareness that's around about the size of an egg, let's say. And so what you want to do is to allow it to grow. 
until it surrounds your entire body. And allow yourself to become aware of all of the space that's around you. This is a very soft, gentle awareness. It's a question and the question is, what is there in the space around my body or who is there in the space around my body? And so you're able to maintain that awareness, gentle, soft awareness, arm's length all around you, behind you, above you, to each side, below you, in front of you. Right in the center of this space is your belly rising and falling. Tiny little movement. This awareness of the space all around you is known as open focus. So gently, gently, gently allow that awareness to shrink again, to focus on the tiny point of the movement of the belly rising and falling. Belly rising, belly falling. Noticing the movement through the entire cycle of the breath. Noticing it going all the way up. And all the way down. You place your fingers there if it's not obvious to you. 
could be saying in the mind rising, falling. What you're doing is you're noticing it moving through time and it's synchronized to the movement of sound through time. So the breath's moving through time slowly and sounds moving through time slowly. You can also notice the sound of the bell moving through time slowly. Notice how it synchronizes with your breath. And then whenever you're ready, totally in your very own time, gently return your attention to your surroundings. So what we did there really was one thing, focused attention. But of course the mind, when we do the connection meditation, where we're including all living beings, what that does is that's helping us to reconnect because the grand narrative is all about fragmenting you. This is the, the common thread in it all. It's us and them, you know, heroes and villains, whatever, it doesn't matter, what, whatever it is, there's, there's a separation going on. Uh, and that separation is not helpful for our personal happiness because we're tribal beings. That doesn't mean, okay, what we need is a little tribe so that we can have conflicts with other tribes. If you look at any of the stories of our, our ancestors that lived in nature, they're all animists. So them, everything's alive. So everything is spirit, essentially. And they also invariably believe that there's a, one great spirit. So everything's connected. So, you know, the birds and the bees and the foxes and the badgers and the wolves and the bears, they're all our brothers and sisters. They're anthropomorphic. So they give life, human life to all of these creatures, all of these, the rocks, they have life. The rocks come to life, they become rock trolls and, and they, they battle with the dwarves with their clubs. It's all life and it's all connected. So there's no doubt whatsoever that human beings have this capacity to connect to everything and feel part of everything. 
there's a word for it, the Penan people in Borneo, who are one of the hunter-gatherers tribes that's been studied quite extensively, whose lives are being destroyed because they're being forced to come in and live in villages so that they can destroy their environment for logging and variety of other things. But they have this word called Tawai, and Tawai describes their connection to the forest. And as they're, they're dwellers in this forest, that to them, forest is everything. Tawai isn't, I am in the forest. It means I am the forest. Yeah. So when they see the trees being cut down, it's a personal tragedy as well as a collective tragedy. And we all know that it's collective and personal tragedy, but seemingly incapable of stopping it. And one of the reasons is that we're all so busy squabbling amongst ourselves about things that don't matter. <laughs> so that's the, how do, how do we separate ourselves from the narrative? First of all, we recognize that we're an imperfect family of living beings trying to get on and uh, that some people are troublesome. Hands up anyone who hasn't ever had a troublesome family member. If you've never had a troublesome family member, don't worry, I can see your future. <laughs> you will do at some point, right? So here we are, 8 billion of us. Some of them are troublesome, okay? But we're not separate. We're no different to them, essentially. We're all human beings. Othering people is destructive. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, where do we do this connection now? We don't do it through a narrative as in a story. It's done in the present moment, and that's what we did. So we connected to all living beings in the present moment. So when you go back and people say, what did you do this morning? <laughs> you can say, oh, I connected with the global family of living beings. They say, oh, really interesting, thanks, bye. <laughs> okay, so that's it for today.